I was like overthinking it. Like, oh my God. What oh, if I bought her like five? Like, I mean, if it was like every other page. Yeah. I mean, you would have heard heard about it. I'd have <laughs> been like, Marissa, what you get me? Marissa, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And welcome to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan talk about book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. How are you today, Megan? Doing swell. Yeah, I was a little bit awkward during that opening because I didn't look at you once. <laughs> you were and like then I like at the ground. I was like, I was like looking away, <laughs> like I like didn't want to associate with you, even though you're in the same room as me. I think that's because when I record my other podcasts, I don't have to look at people. That's fair. That's <laughs> so I went fair. to like that place first. Um, <laughs> you're like, there's an actual human being. Oh my right god, here. there's somebody here. <laughs> um, how is your New Year? So we're like basically a month into the new year so far and how how's it going so far easy like general life stuff general life stuff well i kind of mean like general life stuff but then like also like obviously some book related stuff right true well both everything all of it general life stuff you know this month's been going crazy fast yeah but it's been good you know new year new me kind of stuff um (laughs) Uh, books really good. I've read three. Fantastic! Like some. You're proud of actually myself. on par with me right now. Yeah, which is not. <laughs> it can't stay like that because we have very different reading goals. Yes, but my story graph keeps yelling at me every day, and I say yelling, and I mean it has one single message on the screen that's like, "Hey, you could. You're a little far behind, girl." <laughs> um, and it's literally that gentle about it. But yeah. Yeah, so I've also read three books. So it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself. I uh I mean one no no not even I was gonna say one of them I started last year, but I actually You're trying to like discredit yeah, yourself. I was like I actually You know what's embarrassing, Megan, is one I did start last year. <laughs> well then, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. Have the turntables. Have the turntables. Yeah, so let's hear about what books you've read. Um I'll just pull it up. Do you want me to go first? I kind of threw that at you. Yeah, I'll go, you go first. first. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so I finished A Venom Dark and Sweet by Judy Lynn. Okay. Book two, right? Yeah. I, I, I really hate to say this because I don't know. There's like a part of me that thinks maybe this was kind of my mental state going in. Like I didn't really, I wasn't mm-hmm. in the mood to read it and I was trying to read through it. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I didn't love it. And I kind of loved the ending. Like the ending, the last probably half. of the book, I felt like, wow, this is what I loved about the first one. But the first bit and like more than the first bit, like the over half of the book, Mm -hmm. I was I was kind of like, is there a point? Like, did you know where your characters were going or were you also lost? Like it kind of felt and I don't want to like assume I know what the author was thinking at all. But how it read to me was like the author didn't really know what to do. She didn't Mm -hmm. know what to do with her characters. So they were just kind of like, floating through areas until she found something to cling to and then it got really good and so i i hate to do this because i really liked the first one and i want to be able to recommend it out yeah and i do think it was okay as a series as a whole but like i wouldn't i would be more hesitant to recommend the first one now because i know like i had trouble getting through the second one and i just 
And it was very tropey. So there was like the one bed trope. Like there was just a lot of times where I was like, this is like, this is a very common trope. And it feels like you kind of like put it here almost like, haha, everybody loves the one bed trope. Yeah. Like it was like, uh, okay, like I could have. Or it's like, I wonder if these were like, like those little cookies that she wanted to write about. And then yeah. like, she was finally getting to them. And she was like, obviously probably enjoyed writing them. But then yeah. it's like missed the point of like the actual plot line or something. Yeah. Like it didn't feel organic or necessary mm-hmm. or anything like that. I don't know. I just had a little bit of struggle with it. There was like one really beautiful scene and one really cool character that she made and like that almost redeemed the whole thing for me. Like I was so captivated with yeah. it. But yeah, overall I I I didn't give it like a great review to be entirely honest with you. I think I gave it like 3.7 star 3.75 stars, which is harsh because I did really like the first one. I'm just going to pull it up here once again. Yeah, I gave it a 3.75 star review, which is harsh because the first one I did like. So yeah. it's like to have it drop that far. What did you review the first one? Do you remember? So the first one I had at, and let me just pull that up. I think it was over four for sure. Yeah, so it was, it, well, actually, so this one was four, four stars. And so that just okay. feels like a huge fall for me. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's not that big yeah. of a deal. It really redeemed itself at the end. Like if I was to review the first half, I probably wouldn't have given it over like maybe a three. Mm-hmm. And the the second half was quite good. And she has this way of doing these like really beautiful passages, but she uses a lot of sentence fragments. Mm. And so I have to assume it's intentional because there's so many of them that like there's no way this like just got missed by an editor. Like this was a conscious choice. Right. And I just don't think it was useful. Like sentence fragments can be really useful to convey like certain states of mind and stuff like that. But they just ended up making the passages sound really choppy. Like I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why this isn't just like a comma. Like why didn't you put a comma instead of the period and then add this into the previous sentence? Like there was no benefit for it to be on its own other than to sound a little sharper. Yeah. And I just, I was like, you've done it too many times and you've lost the effect of it Mm -hmm. now. And now it just feels like poor editing or bad writing. And I don't think that's what it actually is. I think it was just a choice that I don't, I don't know if I would back up kind of thing. Yeah. And is this a duology? It is a duology. So it's it's done. done. Okay. Yeah. So like if you want a really good series that's YA and like very different, um, like I liked the magic system. It's like based off of pouring tea and stuff, which is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, and so like that being the magic system was really cool, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if I like fully, like I just, I had higher hopes for it than it panned out. But if you want something like that and you're okay to kind of go into the second book knowing it's going to be a little bit slower and a little bit different, but it will eventually reward you for your patience, like definitely still pick it up, Mm -hmm. but it definitely has like a little bit of an asterisk on like this could have, I feel like this could have been done a little bit. I don't want to say better, but like smoother or right. in a like more interesting way. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, it was kind of more disappointing than anything else, to be honest with you. And then I also read Ninth House yeah. by Leah Bardugo, yeah. which we had for our book club. And I greatly enjoyed that conversation. I did finish the book the day of, like 15 minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was kind of where I was there. I, th- I thought that one was fabulous. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I really liked that one. And then I read I'm Afraid of Men by Vivek Shreya, which is a memoir of a trans woman and kind of her experience not only transitioning, but kind of coming to terms with the fact that 
she wants to be able to represent herself equally mm-hmm. male and like with masculine energy and dress and aesthetic and female and and being able to embrace both sides of her without kind of losing the other half right like so it's not this mm-hmm. like dichotomy it was really really good i thought it was fabulous it's super short it's it was 86 or 84 pages or something mm-hmm. um kind of read almost at the end like a little bit of a feminist manifesto which i really enjoyed but definitely like for as short as it was it really packed like a really good punch so mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that one i give that one five stars actually oh wow and i was like sitting there again doing my regular thing being like well can i give it five stars <laughs> yeah. or like am i giving it five stars for like reasons that like because i I feel like I should give it five stars. And so I sat there and I was like, no, I actually don't know what more or else or anything different that I would have wanted out of it. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. So I, I think that that's, yeah. I'm curious where you found the book. Like how, did just like browsing or was it a recommendation? <laughs> so I found it in a bookstore in Toronto and it was on, um, it was in like a, LGBTQ bookstore and I, that I can't recall the name of at this moment, but it was in there. I just thought it was like super cool. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I kind of picked it up because I loved the title. Yeah. And yeah. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to do that. And it's this beautiful copy. I have a picture of it on our Instagram account if you want to go check us out there at, at the book jar pod. But it's like this kind of purple color and it's got just like, it's just, I'm afraid of men in like bold font. And then on the back, it says men are afraid of me. Oh. And I think after seeing both those, I was just like, I don't even care what this is. I'm sold. Like I'm sold. Like this is like, it's just so intriguing to me. And I, then I opened it up and I read the first line and it was talking about um, a trans artist who kind of a memoir of her experiences and I was like okay I'm sold like absolutely like I'm just gonna get it yeah like yeah I'm curious just because like you know like we live in a smaller town where it's like difficult to get I don't think yeah this wouldn't this wouldn't have been something I would have expected to find in our small town like it's definitely like things are expanding here for sure yeah I'm not saying that that's not something we're going towards but it's just like it's nice to like hear about these stories and like have them accessible so yeah I um and I do really recommend it. the The nice thing about it is it is eighty some pages, and so I wouldn't feel like I'm kind of tempted to just like send it home with you as well because it's such a short read that I don't think it would be hard for a lot of people to read. Mm-hmm. And yet it it kind of hit on some really big truths, which I I really like those when people are able to be that succinct and stuff with their writing. I I think it's a it's a talent. Yeah. Anyway, what did you read? What did I read? Well, Ninth House, which we discussed already. Yes. Um, I was like proud of myself because I read that actually like faster than I thought I would. I think yeah. I read it within 10 days, which is like, like my copy was like 600 some pages because it was like the mass market. Yeah. Well, and so. I had the the hardcover and it was 450. Mm-hmm. So still not like. Not like short. Not short. And it is like an adult fantasy. So it's definitely like more detailed I find and just like there's different concepts there that totally like people may not be familiar with there was a lot of descriptive passages as well Mm -hmm. that took a little bit to like I think you could have skimmed through but if you were reading and enjoying and absorbing like it definitely takes more time yeah for sure so yeah I'm just like really glad that I was like able to immerse myself enough that I enjoyed reading it and I looked forward to reading it and I like made time to read it 
Yeah. Because I really struggled with that last year. Yeah. Um, And then I also read I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Okay. Which is like a pretty like, I would say it's like getting pretty popular. Like it's just I've heard, I So when it first came out, I think I was hearing lots about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of stopped hearing about it. I don't know if that's just because I'm not noticing as much anymore either. But I definitely a bigger, more popular yeah. uh, autobiography. For sure. And in like, I mean, I personally didn't. So she's like an actress, a child actress known for iCarly. Like that's kind of her big break um and I watched the show but I didn't like I don't know like I didn't really like I knew who the characters were kind of a thing Mm -hmm. but I didn't follow it or anything like that but I always was kind of like was interested in that like child star like persona I guess and like Mm -hmm. the life and then like just knowing so basically it's about how her mom um is kind of this like narcissistic manipulative um, right like woman who forced Jeanette to become an actress because that was her dream, not Jeanette's dream. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it was very, very interesting to learn about all of that. And right. yeah, like, I mean, obviously there is a lot of trigger warnings in there too. Like, yeah, you know, like there is like child abuse, there is like mental health and stuff like that. So definitely like look into that before going in and reading it, but mm-hmm. highly recommend it if you're into memoirs and all that stuff and then the third one i read was love in the time of serial killers which was a gift from you fabulous i actually <laughs> didn't know you finished that so yeah, that's amazing did morning. you like it i did i liked it i thought it was cute because it was just like it's about this girl who's writing her dissertation on um true crime so she's like an english major and she's just like comparing true crime novels and stuff like Obviously, she talks about it more in detail in the book. Um, And she's, like, highly suspicious of her, like, new neighbor. (laughs) And thinks he's a serial killer. And, or could be. Like, she's just, like, one of those paranoid people. Because she loves true true crime. So, yeah, it was kind of, like, a cute concept. I mean, I think I, I didn't give it, like, a super high rating. I think I gave it a four. Which is not bad. Not bad. Um, There was, like, some times where I found... I don't know if they were like classified as run-on sentences, but I've noticeably found them difficult to read. Yeah, like to understand them, and I'm like, which what? is shocking in <laughs> a, and I don't want to necessarily stereotype the novel, but like romance novels are tend to be easier to like mm-hmm. kind of read through really quickly. So like that's actually surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, it was just a, like it was enough that I noticed that it was yeah. happening repeatedly. Um, like it didn't take away from it by any means. And like, I don't know, like it's just cute to read like a romance once in a while. Like there's always cheesy things that I'm like kind of cringe at, but I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the experience. So we're just going with it. But definitely recommend if people like romance or like true crime or anything like that. Like yeah. there's a little bit of content warning at the beginning um but she doesn't go into any detail about like actual true crime stuff like yeah it's just kind of mentioned yeah it's just mentioned uh how racy like how how many little like chili peppers was there (laughs) i would say like there was a couple sex scenes for sure yeah and i noticed that so the funny story was is i bought it for you Mm -hmm. and i didn't know like i didn't think it was gonna be like spicy romance like i thought it was just like romance yeah of course i was misled (laughs) and when i like went to go put it away after I'd bought it to like hide it in my closet until you came over like, until I wrapped <laughs> it but I never ended up wrapping yeah. it <laughs> um I opened to a random page and I saw and I was like oh oh maybe yeah. I should have like vetted this a little bit better 
But then I was like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I'm sure it won't be too bad. And then I was like, what if it is? No, it wasn't. Like, actually, the first scene I read, I was like, it was three quarters of a page as long. And I'm like, is this the scene she was talking about? Like, this kind of pathetic. <laughs> like, just like, I definitely, I didn't read it. I just saw, like, it was just like a word or two that caught yeah. my eye. And I was like, oh, like, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be like that kind like that fully romance and then yeah. i was like i'm sure it'll be fine but then i i was like overthinking it like oh my god what oh if i bought her like fine. like i mean if it was like every other page yeah i mean you would have heard heard about it i'd yeah. been like marissa what you get me marissa was going on <laughs> yeah. but no like it had like a couple scenes and like so not super spicy not super spicy okay. at all that's like, kind of that what wasn't i thought the main focus which was yeah. kind of nice yeah yeah, okay, that's that's totally fair then. I'm really happy you enjoyed it. I wasn't expecting it to be like a brilliant work of literature. Like that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking like, I hope this is really fun. So mm-hmm. I hope it was like a really it fun definitely read was. for you. It was fun and like it actually had, I actually liked the story that was happening in it and it wasn't just focused on her like falling in love with the dude. Like it was actually like character development, stuff like that. Yeah, like, I like those ones really a lot good. where there's actually like, story behind it yeah mm-hmm. um but i think we should probably transition into our topic here i know we had a lot of books so that took a little bit longer than normal yeah. that's fabulous this is what happens when you when you read, read. <laughs> <laughs> okay so our topic this week is talking about our best or the best or rather our favorite mm-hmm. um tv and movie adaptations of books and I was pleasantly surprised when I went into this to be entirely honest with you, Megan, because I was like, I'm not going to find that many. Like, I feel real upset. And then I started looking into like ones that I'd actually watched and I was like, well, there's actually more that I actually think stand up really well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you kind of want to start with maybe some of the more popular ones, because I'm sure there's a couple on your list that are like pretty big name. Or did you kind of try to avoid those ones? Um, I tried to avoid them as much as I can because I thought maybe we would just like talk about them naturally anyway. Yeah. So I tried to find ones that I thought were good that people may not have seen. Yes. Okay. So I did some of those too. Um. So I, I guess we'll kind of start with the ones that I think are more popular sure. and you can let me know if you kind of agree or disagree with me. So I would say that the first two, and I know we don't talk lots about Harry Potter, but the first two Harry Potter movies are probably actually my favorite of the adaptations. Mm-hmm. I think later on in the series, they make some questionable choices with the source material, but I really always and to this day still really enjoy like the first two yeah, solidly. Yeah. So I think for me, like I obviously like wanted to include Harry Potter um, and the whole series, I would say is enjoyable to me it's enjoyable but again like if you're comparing it to how close it is to the books like there are some things that they yeah and i think and the changed. thing that i like the most about the first two is the changes that they did make made sense mm-hmm. i do think there was like some stuff that they left out which if they hadn't left out of the first two would have been better for later in the series but i thought that they were pretty good at like knowing that line mm-hmm. and that leads me to uh lord of the rings as well which i know okay. you haven't read i haven't I don't... read and i've only honestly watched like the first movie <laughs> yeah i and so i'll, I'll just kind of take this one then yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well because what i was pleasantly surprised about and maybe this was kind of the experience of having watched the movies once mm-hmm. like for the first time ever before i actually read the book but I, even comparing it to this day, I, I just think there's a lot of change. They made a lot of changes. But every change I actually think makes it better as a movie versus 
just changing to change it kind of sake. Like it made sense why they had to change certain things. Even if you're talking like specifically about the last um, book and the last movie, which is Return of the King, I really enjoy that they didn't put in a lot of the end stuff. So what happens in the book is like Saruman actually goes to the Shire and he like takes over the Shire. And it's like this whole thing where when the hobbits return, they have like this whole battle again kind of thing. Mm. And they have to work to like rebuild the Shire and it takes and it's it's quite lengthy in the book and they just like totally scrapped it from the movie. And I was like, that makes sense because you wouldn't and it works for the book in a way to be like having that journey, but it wouldn't have worked for the movie. Right. To make them like have this like heroic end and then return home and like have to fight. Like it was just that's too exhausting. Whereas like it kind of serves a different purpose in the book. So I actually every time I see the Lord of the Rings and and think about rereading it or reread passages or whatever, I really do appreciate the adaptation. I think they did a really good job of balancing that. Mm-hmm. Which is not something they did with the Hobbit, by the way. Um <laughs> so that was kind of my other big one and then i think the only other one i kind of wanted to mention that was that was kind of popular when it came out was the chronicles of narnia the lion the witch and the wardrobe okay which i think and i don't i don't think you've read no i haven't read the books no yeah so i think that that adaptation is just really fun like Mm -hmm. they they had again they made the changes that they needed to change to make it make sense but the thing they tried to stay true to it as much as possible and as much as made sense to but they just they made it fun in a way that I think really represented the book Mm -hmm. so I I think those are kind of like my my big big ones uh I don't know I guess I guess the Hunger Games might be kind of the last one to mention I personally didn't think that was a good adaptation really interesting I so I tried well and and this might just be because I tried to rewatch it recently and the quality was just so bad with the first one that I couldn't get over it to like Mm. enjoy to actually like be like oh yeah this is pretty good for an adaptation so I remember being like so happy it was adapted yeah like because I loved the books and then I think it like I was like my 19th birthday like the first movie came out and that was like what I did for my birthday is yeah to the movie theater and watched it and like and I remember enjoying it but I can't because it's been so long, I can't remember if it was actually like a good adaptation or if it was just like good at the time. Yeah, I I always think that they did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I think what I what I enjoy about the adaptation is they didn't take away, and I I've seen this happen. They didn't where they make like a small change and it just ruins the whole theme. And I remember there were a couple changes they made that did not make me like super happy, mm-hmm. but I did think it was like of a good adaptation like i would watch the movie and i would still reread the books and neither ruined the other yeah which is kind of the sign i think when there's been a really bad one yeah is one way has ruined the other and i get really upset when it's the movie that ruins the book but it's it's usually for me that the book has like kind of made the movie not look as good so that was kind of the other one i wanted to mention but i'm curious what is kind of on your list. I have some other ones, obviously, as well, but those were the big ones. The big ones, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so actually, my first one, I would say, is probably like my favorite adaptation, and I literally just watched it like the other night. <laughs> um, it's The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Maxey. Nice. It's on Apple TV. Um, It's like a... So, like, I've talked about the book before, but it's just like a graphic novel that this, like... 
um, comic guy. Artist. Artist, that's the word, <laughs> comic guy. Um, comic book guy from The Simpsons, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, he he just like did has this like particular way of drawing and it's like really beautiful and like mm-hmm. flowing and like almost like line art to a point like it's just like very beautiful if you haven't mm-hmm. read the book like definitely check it out so they ended up adapting it to a short film it's like only 30 minutes or so and it just like had a chance to make the scenes like more beautiful scenes like i guess yeah. and like more of it like you get to see more of this like his drawings and like you get to see also like the story becomes smoother because in the book it's almost kind of like each panel is like a new theme or a new topic like it it, overall there's like a good story Mm -hmm. but it's not as like smooth whereas like the movie really brings all that together and you really get to see like the characters interacting right um you get more of that emotional like connection to them mm-hmm. um like one thing they kind of focused on was like having a face for the boy like the boy has a face but you only see side profile in the books mm-hmm. whereas like they decided to show front view mm-hmm. which like that's how you get to see his expressions and like really connect with him and how he connects with the other characters and yeah like you just have get more empathy mm-hmm. and so being able to hear like the voices of these characters was kind of neat because it's like it makes the quotes like more impactful too right like the tone of how they say them um i think one of like one of my favorite quotes uh, i can't remember exactly how it goes but it's basically like what's the bravest thing you did and it or said and it was like help and like to hear that coming from like the fox i was like tearing up i was like this is so the the fox in that story is like the best part too like he's so like such an interesting character Mm-hmm. I have seen clips of this on TikTok actually. So I, and I remember thinking I needed to go out and look for it because it's such a good thing to adapt as well. Like I think mm-hmm. the source material is almost made to be adapted, but you can really add to that. So I'm not surprised to hear that it's like a really good adaptation. It's really, really good. Yeah. Like I definitely recommend it. Like your nieces would probably love it. I yeah. Think. Like yeah. it's just so cute. Like, I mean, obviously, I enjoyed it, and I'm a freaking adult, so yeah. like, I recommend, I'd recommend it to anyone. Totally. And, like, it's just, like, really feel good, and, like, yeah, like, again, like I said, like, I teared up from it, and I was like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> so cute. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. What do you got? Well, so I have, unsurprisingly, I have a lot of Jane Austen adaptations. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the only one I haven't seen, and we've kind of said that we would watch this together, so I still want to do this, is... um persuasion right yeah and i am curious i think that that one might ruin this but i i think i like most jane austen adaptations i think the ones i've seen have done a really good job so sense and sensibility is one and this one's older so it's it's got and i'm going to totally forget her name but she played like rose in the titanic oh yep (laughs) what's her name it's a 1995 film and Kate Winslet. Yeah. So it has Kate Winslet, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Hugh Grant. Like, it's got just, like, the lineup of Britain or British actors in it. And I really liked that one. I thought it was just, it was true to it, but they they made it, you know, they changed what they had to or, like, made it mm-hmm. work in a way that, and I like seeing 
the adaptations because I think I think what is interesting to me is I actually don't know if they would be as good without reading the book because when you read the book you get all of the like this person's relationship to this person and this to that and all this stuff right and in the movie that's kind of harder to like sit down and explain to an audience so they usually kind of gloss over it a little quicker so when you've read the book and you're going in you kind of know why these tensions are a little bit higher yeah because I do actually think you'd be missing that mm-hmm. um Pride and Prejudice also a great one uh I I I do yeah the I mean that one's classic like yeah. I don't I don't know how you can like <laughs> not love that one and then the most recent one is Emma yeah I have that one on my list too yeah like the 2021 yes yeah so I I really enjoyed that one. I think it was so well done how they did everything and made everything work. I do, again, think that there is like, they did a really good job of explaining relationships. And mm-hmm. it's, again, one of those things where I do think when you have a little bit more context from the book, it's like a little bit richer. Yeah. Which is nice, but it doesn't feel like, I mean, I've made my partner watch it and he's understood most things. So like, I don't think you're missing anything Mm -hmm. from it. But yeah, these ones are like my favorite. I'll watch them on repeat. Like, I think Sense and Sensibility is the hardest one because it is from 1995. So it does look quite dated. Yeah. Whereas the other uh, two are, especially Emma, like I could watch Emma on repeat all day like I just actually really love it (laughs) yeah I remember like when I first watched it like thinking it was actually like super enjoyable like if I didn't read the book like Mm -hmm. I probably would watch the movie which typically like I haven't watched a lot of those kind of Jane Austen adaptations or anything like that Mm -hmm. so yeah like I don't know like I really enjoyed it and I think it's very nice and modernized as well like yeah I feel like they made it not dated mm-hmm. and they and I think that's all you need to really modernize it yeah whereas I'm a little bit more nervous to watch the persuasion one because I know they try to modernize it a lot yeah and I just don't think that's necessary like I think making certain like even just choices around clothing and like softening some of the language or changing some of the language a little bit can make it feel more accessible without making it like because my fear with the persuasion one is it looks like it's caught in like 2022 like it's gonna be forever caught in that era because they've modernized it to that era yeah instead of trying to make it like a little bit timeless and classic so and i think like that's the thing with all these adaptations like there's so many of every not every jane austen book yeah but like there are so like they can keep doing the adaptations over and over again and they can all still be really well done and like mm-hmm. everyone has their favorite adaptation for a reason so it's kind of just nice to keep it that way and like yeah. you said with persuasion it's like sure it might be enjoyable to watch but it we like I don't know if it's gonna be enjoyable to look even if it even if I do like it now I don't know if I'll like it in 10 years yeah whereas like I can can't almost guarantee I will go back to Emma in 10 years and be like well, maybe it looks a little maybe it looks like it's 10 years old but like it still stands yeah yeah like exactly. I'm looking at Pride and Prejudice now which I think came out in like 2005 or something mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. um but like that one you know you're like okay I can see how it's dated a bit maybe but it's still like I would I watch it over and over and over over yeah. again yeah so. like it is just one of those classics yeah yeah what, what else do you have on your list, Megan? Oh, geez. I have. So another one I have on here actually is Panic by Lauren 
Oliver. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Like I have I have some stuff to say about it though. Okay. So I watched this on Prime Video. I liked it because like there's definitely some differences from the book that mm-hmm. I didn't love. Um, like for instance, they kind of like whitewashed one of the characters they like, oh, okay. made him a bull bull rider rodeo guy which mm-hmm. he wasn't in the book at all and i think that's kind of the downfall of having it as a tv show versus a movie like i feel like if they made panic into a movie they could have made it more true to like the book mm-hmm. uh, but that being said like i really loved how they changed so like the main character heather and like i might be misremembering it but reading the book her reason to join this challenge mm-hmm. was very like shallow to me because it was right. kind of like oh her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend or whatever isn't there but then he does show up with like another girl and then she's like basically is having a midlife crisis right. and is like I'm joining I'm jumping off this cliff mm-hmm. so I was like kind of like that's lame but in the show like they give her like more depth and the reason she joins is because she had like a stash of money she was saving up to like get out of this town. Nice. And her mom, her like deadbeat mom, steals her money and will mm. own up to it. So she's like, okay, like this is my only chance is to win this money to get out of this town. So it like rose the stakes like way yeah. higher than in the book. I mean, through when you read the book, like obviously the stakes get higher over time. Totally. And I get why in the series they needed to like make it obvious like, like why she's doing it from the start um but yeah so like i joined that and i enjoyed that they kind of made like a little romance between her and like another character that's not in the book either Mm -hmm. so i don't know like it was definitely an enjoyable adaptation even though there were some things that i like wish they didn't change right 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 but i still would recommend it yeah okay that makes sense i it's hard when they make changes (laughs) it like makes the book or makes the it, like characters better yeah you're like oh like i didn't what? realize they were missing this you're like wow this is this is really amazing that this is like more thought out or whatever i really like that yeah but it's also like it was confusing too because there were some things they changed that i'm like but why did you change why did you it? change it yeah like even just something as little as like heather wanting to become a veterinarian yeah and then in the tv show they made her to be a writer or something she wanted to go to school for writing and i'm like why was that necessary that wasn't necessary at all <laughs> like at all yeah, like why <laughs> why that choice like that seems yeah. just like pointless so i feel like yeah like that one is like it was good but it was definitely like it could go either way for mm-hmm. anyone who watched it so i guess yeah. that's like kind of to me i enjoyed it yeah okay well that makes sense um i kind of have another one that's it's another period one. It's just <laughs> so it's Jane Eyre. So they did a 2011 adaptation, and it's directed by Carrie Fakunaga. I really don't think I pronounced that correctly, uh, but it, that one is really good. And mm-hmm. I so what I love about Jane Eyre and what I love about Charlotte Bronte is she. And I've talked about this lots. This is not new information, but I love that it's like there's always a ghost and it always almost feels mm-hmm. like a ghost story. And there's always another reason for what why that's happening. But what I treasured about this movie is it made it feel like it was a ghost story. Like it almost had this and not I am using this term very loosely, but like almost like 
it could have slipped into horror very easily. Yeah. And it had a couple scenes that really pulled, it felt like they were pulling from that genre quite heavily to the point that I was like, ooh, like if I didn't know that this wasn't a ghost, I might be kind of like opting out of this movie right now. Like I know what's going on, so obviously, but like they definitely make it feel like that. And that's how it feels in the book when you're reading it, Mm -hmm. when you don't know what's going on and you're like, well, why is... Like, why is this happening? Like, this is actually quite weird. And I also really enjoyed, like, it's really easy to romanticize the love story in it. And I think they do a really good job of kind of pulling at how much of a dick he is. <laughs> Sorry, there's probably a nicer way to say that. But, like, yeah, they, they do a really good job of broadcasting how, like, almost insane he is. Mm-hmm in his desire to court and wed Jane Eyre. And that is a big part of the book in which we're getting it from Jane's perspective. And so we're kind of getting this like, oh, like, why, why, why would somebody love me kind of effect? And that's how it feels. And so going into it, knowing how it ends, you're just kind of like watching a train crash like it just had that feeling of like oh this is gonna end badly and I'm not really excited to watch it but also if you didn't know that going in I think you would have still not felt that Mm -hmm. like you would have felt like oh something's maybe off about it but like it seems fine like you would have kind of followed her with her emotions they just did a really good job I felt of like following the emotion of the story and they didn't cut any of my favorite parts, which was <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> I mean, that's like a personal reason why I really enjoyed it. But it was something that I was like, I would make somebody watch this. And they like, again, I made my partner watch it and he has never read the book. And he was like, oh, like what's happening? He was mm-hmm. like, what are you? And at one point he was like, what are you watching? <laughs> because like, it seems kind of scary and you don't watch scary things. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching something scary. Yeah. Like I knew I wasn't, <laughs> but like, I was like, yeah, actually you're right. Like they are kind of pulling at that like fear and I just yeah I just thought it was really well done and that's I feel like that says a lot for me because I don't tend to like adaptations yeah and I don't tend to like adaptations of my favorite things and Mm -hmm. Jane Eyre is definitely something I treasure a lot so I was really pleasantly surprised that I I enjoyed it as much as I did yeah, I like I think that's why I like watching adaptations of classics and stuff is because it like, I don't know, for me, I struggle sometimes getting like the nuances in those. Yeah. And then like being able to watch like a well done adaptation. Yeah. Like you, you're like, oh, that's what they meant that's or that's what's going, going on. on. Yeah. Like even just like with Emma, like there was like a few times that I was like super confused and like. But then, like, I wasn't sure if I was, like, just mistrusting how I felt about it. But then, like, watching the movie, I was like, oh, I was right about this. Like, that's Yeah, you feel, like, vindicated almost in, like, the fact that you had the proper reading of it, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. I, yeah, I really, it's almost like then the book becomes a companion thing to the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, this thing that adds extra detail and... But the movie kind of can help you frame it back into, like, oh, this is what was happening here. Yeah. I kind of just got like flashbacks from high school because it's like that was like always the thing is like yeah. you would read a book or whatever and then watch some you'd be like, like so confused. <laughs> yeah. Be confused or whatever. And then you'd like get this like movie from the 1970s on VCR like plugged yeah. in and you're like, what am I watching? But then you'd like again, like it would help you connect certain things, even though like other things were like, yeah, 
I think that reminds me of um, if you're watching the movie Easy A. Yeah. And it's like how they're comparing the Scarlet Letter and like how yeah. there's like the one with um, oh, what's that actress? Um, yeah. So like they compare how there's like a couple adaptations of Scarlet Letter because that's like the book they're researching. Mm-hmm. And then they're like talking about how everyone's writing this essay on Scarlet Letter and it's like the Demi Moore version where she's like naked in a bathtub or something yeah. and like I don't know anything about Scarlet Letter but then it's just funny because it's like a recurring joke and it's like it's so true like being in school there was always like crappy adaptations and like really good decent yeah ones. really yeah. good ones and ones that actually helped frame it yeah yeah I yeah yeah, I do. Yeah, so I think that that one's a really good one. If you've if you've read Jane Eyre and liked it or not liked it, I would highly recommend the movie mm-hmm. because I kind of do wonder if you didn't have a good experience reading it if you watched the movie and were like, oh, that was kind of what I was missing or like this is a better kind of version of that story because some people just don't like Bronte writing or whatever yeah. it is. So like that's okay, but um, I mean, you're wrong, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, yeah, I definitely really enjoyed it and so super accessible, which is a good kind of marker of it. Mm-hmm. What else do you have on your list? Uh, so I have a couple more that I've watched and enjoyed. Okay. Um, Big Little Lies. Okay. By Leanne Moriarty. Moriarty? Moriarty? Something like yeah, that. Sounds good. Um, Amazon Prime is where I watched it. And yeah, it was just like enjoyable again. Like, and it didn't stray too far from the book. Yeah. Um. Again, like I knew going in what all the twists and turns and like everything like that yeah. are going to be, but it was still enjoyable. And I think like looking at it from a perspective, someone who hasn't read the book, I think like it, it's good. Yeah. And it's a good adaptation. You really get to see more of the, because in the book, it's all different perspectives and different, like you're following all these different women in it and trying to figure out like at the beginning of the book, someone's dead so like the whole thing is you're trying to figure out what happened leading up to this event yeah and so you're bouncing from perspectives whereas like yeah they do it in the tv show but you actually get to like spend time with these characters Mm -hmm. on like that emotional psychological side of things and like the one character um jane um she's a single mom and you kind of know something traumatic has happened to her yeah and like her her son like she's just worried that she had a one night stand got pregnant had her son and then she's just worried that her son is turning out to be like the father or like yeah who she knew of the father because obviously it was one night stand like she doesn't know so like in the book like you see that and you're like oh wow this is like cool but you don't really not cool sorry but it's like it's cool to see like her flashbacks between that and then like leading up to this final event of the book but you only grasp that how traumatic that was at the end of the book right whereas in the tv show you kind of get to see that throughout the series totally so i don't know i really like that they were able to do that in the adaptation nice i like that a lot yeah, and it's just good. Watch it. Yeah. You said you had another one? Yeah. And then my last one here is The Shadow and Bone by Leah Bardugo. Okay. Which I know, like, Alex has said that she likes the adaptation, but not the books. So yeah. I've read the books, and I didn't mind them. Like, out of all of her books, like, it's not my favorite, but it's still, yeah. like, I thought it was enjoyable. Um, I was actually, like, super worried about watching the show because they said they were going to mix, like, the Shadow and Bone trilogy with the Six of Crows duology. And I was right. like, how the heck are you going to do that? <laughs> You're like, this is not going to work. This doesn't work because they are, like, a little bit of, like, time frame. Like, the same universe, but, like, the time frames are 
little bit off. So I was like, this is going to be weird. Like, yeah, you're like, just like not you're reaching. Yeah, you're reaching here. Like, what are you trying to do? But I felt that like they didn't have all the characters oh, okay. introduced in the first season. And so it like made sense to like where they were in their world in that time frame that Shadow and Bone was happening. Yeah. So, yeah, like it ended up being really like well done in the end and I'm glad I watched it. Definitely recommend it. It had all the good parts from both like Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows that I remember, but not everything from Six of Crows because there's still so much more that they can, that they'll dive into in the second season and there's like more characters they can bring in. Yeah. So, yeah, like definitely was good. It was good. Okay. I have kind of two I want to mention. So Sailor Moon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I really do like, and this was the one that's on currently as of today on Netflix. uh, So the Sailor Moon Crystal and Mm. Eternal and stuff like that. And they, so they, they just stayed a little bit more true to the mangas than the 90s cartoon, which definitely veered very far away at times. And I really enjoyed that. It's almost like uncanny when you read the graphic novels and compare it it's like they use even like the same kind of angle that she had drawn the characters from in the scenes so it's a really cool experience to watch it I would say I did it kind of in the reverse so I watched it and then I read the mangas and I would say definitely do it the other way like read the mangas first and then watch it because I think you would get more benefit that way whereas like going backwards does kind of have the effect of like oh I just kind of remember the show yeah so I think if you read the manga first and then watch that show like that would be the best experience I don't think it's like a terrible experience the other Mm -hmm. way it was just I think it would have been better if I'd done it the other way I think that that's one thing with mangas and graphic novels is that yeah it's hard to read it after watching it because it's like it's almost like they can make it like frame for frame almost yeah so and like typically most people I feel like remember watching and hearing something versus just reading something like yeah I don't know like I totally see where you come from like I've I've watched a few anime and then like tried to read the manga and I'm like can I just skip this part that I watched (laughs) yeah I can just skip to the part I haven't seen yeah I will say I did kind of do the same thing so I watched Heartstopper Mm -hmm. and then I read it and I kind of like read it in the middle of watching like I kind of like so I actually don't even know if that's true or if maybe I'm misremembering the order I did it in and I don't think either takes away from either. Mm-hmm. I think that that is they did try to remain like very true to some of the scenes in the graphic novel which was really cool. Uh, so there's this one scene in which I, I totally forget their names, but the one boy basically runs to the other's house and he's standing outside in the rain and then like it's like this like hi and then they're like hi. They just stare at each other for a second and I mm-hmm. was very curious about how because they had talked about that being a big scene in the graphic novel and so they were trying to make it a big scene in the show when they right. adapted it and so it was just really cool the way that they did it. I also think the characters look different enough, which is maybe a little bit of like live action versus right. being an anime um but because they look different enough it was a little bit different because they were moving differently than i would have expected them and like even that was just enough to be like oh this is different they did make some changes yeah definitely to the story as well which i don't know how i feel about that long term because i've read more of the like the graphic novel definitely goes on for a little bit Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure how i feel about that how they're gonna kind of handle the changes that they made moving forward with the show so i think that's my only qualm 
problem with it, but it was really enjoyable. I do think that is a good, like those adaptations tend to work out almost really nicely. Like I definitely had that experience as well with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Where they had made enough changes that it made sense. Um, I do think they eventually veered a little bit too far away from their source material. Mm-hmm. Very similar to uh, Game of Thrones yeah, as well. I was going to say, it's like almost sad that that happens to these like big name series. Yeah. And it's like they almost just kind of get like their head swells up that they're like, their we head can do swells anything. up and they're like, wow, we did such a good job. And it's like, well, you did mm-hmm. a good job because you were you were taking something that was made and making the changes that were necessary and not the changes that you just like wanted to make. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing has kind of happened with The Witcher. Yeah. Where the first season I actually really enjoyed and I'm having trouble even getting through the second season. And I am not looking forward to the fact that they've now switched the main actor and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be good yeah and I think a lot of the changes that they're making just don't make sense and I don't actually understand why they're doing them and that kind of makes me mad Mm -hmm. so I I do think at some point the the screenwriters sometimes I think almost want to put too much of their own into it and I think there's some and it's it's almost weird to me because it it's such a strong talent to be able to know what to change and if you have a good eye for that like you're still talented like that doesn't take away from your talent although I think that is the feeling that they if they're not writing their own thing Mm -hmm. and making it like better than they're like just taking someone else's work but like yeah there's talent in that too so it's just a weird experience I think but yeah I think that was kind of all on my list I don't know if there's any that I've missed or you want to kind of add in now at the end like I just I don't know is there anyone that you wanted to watch that you haven't gotten around to watching at all so like I said I'm curious about like persuasion I don't think it's gonna be good but (laughs) I am curious to watch it Mm-hmm. There was another one that I was kind of looking into and I was I was curious about it, but I, I can't recall it at this moment. What about you? I really want to watch. Well, there's a few. Some aren't even out yet, but um, I really want to watch the Golden Compass series. I think it's on HBO, but I don't have it. So I'm like, yeah. I'm waiting until obviously like the Last of Us episodes are all out. And then I'm like, just going to get like a free trial and binge everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. my plan. Um. I'm really curious about that one because I, it has a movie, yeah, which like was good, but it wasn't great, and it kind of got like sabotaged. Like it never finished, you know. Like it's not, it's like a trilogy, the books, and then there's one movie, yeah, which is like always a disappointment when you like love a like a series and it never it comes, comes to fruition. Yeah. yeah, so I'm really curious about the series because sometimes I love when those like bigger series get turned into TV shows because mm-hmm. they have more time to explore these things and like have those details. Yeah. So I do want to watch that. Mr. Harrigan's Phone by Stephen King is another one that I've been meaning to watch. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. And Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is going to be coming out. Yes. So that and also Iron Widow. <laughs> Those I, are all Iron coming Widow, out, but they're not Iron out. Widow is one I definitely have on my list. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was really counting it because it's not even made yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be, I think I'm really excited for that one. I hope they do a really good job with it because I do love it. I know they're going to be tempted to change some stuff and I really hope they don't. I I hope so too. Like that's always the thing even with like Bell of Songbirds and Snakes. I'm like I'm hoping it'll be well done. Yeah. Not because like yeah like the Hunger Games series was done well like we talked about it but I'm just like because I really liked this book like it's my favorite book out of the series and I think they could do so much with it like I just hope they do. Um. I don't know. I've read a lot of adaptations too that I haven't read the books of either. And like, do I want to read the books? 
Yeah, so there's one that I've always wondered if I actually want to try to read the book of because it's such a sad movie is The Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, yeah, I've read. Oh, yeah. I've Look at that. I've, re- I've read that book and yeah. watched it. <laughs> I think one other one I actually want to mention because this was really like popular back or like at least in my school because they made us read it and watch the movie, but it's Holes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that has... Oh, and he was from... What was his name? Transformers. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, and he... I... That was a good... Like, that was... I think that was one of the only times where we, like, all as a class remembered loving the book that they made us read for English Mm -hmm. and also loved the movie adaptation that they made us watch. Mm -hmm. And it was so iconic. Uh, So, yeah, definitely... Definitely Holes is kind of my... I guess I got to throw that one out there. Got, that's yeah. good. I haven't read the book, but it that was, was... They made enough change. It was the yeah. same thing where they made just the right amount of changes, I thought, even as a kid. I would love to rewatch it because yeah. I think it's funny. That's but. definitely one movie that I like loved and then really wanted to read the book for because yeah. it was just a good movie and like i've heard good things about the book um totally worth it yeah so maybe i will who knows yeah go borrow it from the library yeah i might do that i don't Um, have a copy or else they'd give it to you but that's fair another one that i i've watched but not read was the queen's gambit like i've I've, there's a few that obviously that i've watched yeah i haven't read there's more always gonna be more but i don't know that was like a. do you ever see based on the book by and then not watch it because i do that all the time where i'm like oh that book got added to my list but then i never read the book so i never watch the show there's been a few yeah or i really want to just read the book before i watch it yeah i i feel like that's like there's like a couple of shows and i can't think of any right now but i think anytime i see it oh based on the book by i'm like no it's like immediately out. Yeah. Immediately out. <laughs> yeah. Like I've watched so many that I didn't realize were books. Yeah. And I think that's easier to do than going in and, and like knowing that it was a book. Yes. Which I don't know why. I don't know why it's that big of a deal. <laughs> just because like maybe it is that negative connotation that's just going to totally. be bad. Yeah. It's just going to be bad. Yeah. I uh, would love to keep talking about this more, but uh, we should probably move on to our next section. So let's talk about our upcoming reads. Yeah. I'm going to read Hellbent by Leo. Bardugo. That's the second in yeah. Ninth House. I'm going to read that one as soon as Alex is done with it so she can lend me her copy because my <laughs> copy won't be in for a couple months. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know what one I'm going to pick up next. I, I'm, I'm running into this issue where I'm noticing some of the ones that are on my shelf are part of a series and I really don't want to read those mm. because mm-hmm. it's going to mean that I pick up uh, a another one that's I'm gonna end up buying another book so I'm yeah yeah I'm also I'm behind on my reading goal and it is a little it's a little like discouraging in a way and I'm just trying to remind myself that I don't like I could read yeah I was gonna say like you it's just I don't like being told I'm behind yeah I don't like being told I'm behind I find it very discouraging especially because like right now I'm like I think I'm I think I'm only two books behind now but I was I was like four at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two books until I'm back on track and 579 pages until I'm back on track. So Ooh. so it just like... It hurts. It's just it like hurts. one of those things where I almost want to just read two small books, but I don't really yeah. because the books I think I'm most looking forward to read on my shelf right now are... I'm really curious about The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is very thick, mm-hmm. which is a very thick book. Mm-hmm. 
And then Alex bought me one, which is uh, a way of <laughs> the way of kings. And it is like 1200 pages. So like wow. both of those are going to take me not a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which makes me not want to start them. So I don't know where I'm going to go. But uh, hopefully by the next time we convene, I've read like four or five and then I'll be back uh, on track. Yeah. I believe in you. <laughs> yeah. I believe in me too. It'll get done. Do it. All right. Let us draw our next topic. Okay. Ooh, okay. So this one is not going to be watching movies, Megan. Dang it. <laughs> Why do YA authors get so much hate? Ooh. That's an interesting topic. I remember adding that topic to the jar and both of us being like, this is not going to be like, I don't think not fun is the right way to say it, but the mm-hmm. this is definitely going to be a little bit more of I'd like to do a little bit more research, a little bit more kind of that sort of thing into why I think it's happening and also like kind of the perception and stuff. I think this is going to be an interesting conversation because I think in some ways why authors sometimes do have a, they have a little bit more of an in and then they also seem to be like less taken less seriously for sure and then obviously there is a lot of hate that's thrown at the really big ones yeah whether it's deserved or not Mm -hmm. i think this is gonna be an interesting discussion it will be (laughs) we'll definitely come back with some good stuff you're like oh my goodness i have (laughs) i gotta settle down in the library and study it feels okay my library it's fine (laughs) yeah i'll just come over here and have a cup of tea and do some research. No, I'm really excited for that one, though, because I've been kind of wanting to talk about this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to kind of hear from listeners what they think as well. So if you guys have any like pre-thoughts on that, feel free to send them our way. I would definitely actually appreciate any kind of thoughts you guys have on maybe why, why authors get so much hate or have like particular reputations. Mm-hmm. In- that might be something to put in our Discord or something. Yeah, let's throw that in discussion. there as well. So I guess that's a good segue as well. So if you want to send us a message on Instagram where the we're at the book jar pod uh, and you can kind of just give us your thoughts there um, and just let us know if you want us to use your username or not with those slots. But uh, we also have a discord. You can find that link in the description of this podcast episode. Also on there's a link on our Instagram as well that you can follow to join that server. It was set up to kind of function as a place where we could commune about our book club, but there's definitely more than just the book club channels in there. So feel free to join whether or not you are interested in joining our book club. That being said, we do run a monthly book club. We do. So our next book coming up for February is going to be Crescent City, uh, The House of Something and Something. And I always forget the name. <laughs> and I'm so sorry <laughs> to the Sarah J. Moss fans listening. Uh, that was not intentional. I just, uh, just kind of refer to it as Crescent City in my head all the time. And then we will be announcing the next few months in the coming... Well, they should be announced by the time this podcast episode comes out. So you can check that out in the Discord as well. Uh, do you have any kind of final thoughts here, Megan? I don't think so. All right. Well, I'm super excited to get out some opinions and facts about why why authors get the reputations that they do. And this was super fun talking about adaptations. Let us know if we missed your favorite adaptation or if there's one you think we should check out. Otherwise, I don't know. I guess just keep on reading on i don't know Keep that was like reading on maybe the worst outro <laughs> i've done yet 
it's keep calm and read on keep that, calm and read on that was worse right <laughs> right back to 2010 with that one we're totally we don't even know what that reference was so don't judge us for that uh yeah but yeah thank you so much for listening and we will be back soon Keep calm, cheese. Keep calm and read on.